welcome to Cub of Cubby Blue. Your baseball is suspended home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and you can find us by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about baseball and apparently the coronavirus right now for Bleed Cubby Blue. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and it is day two of my children being home, and I am already going crazy. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I I feel so much for the parents out there in the world. It is such a real thing right now. We are all living a totally unprecedented thing. As I mentioned in the intro, baseball is shut down along with every major sport, every form of recreation, my Orange Theory gym. Like, it's just wild, which is something that has never happened in any of our lifetimes. Um, But if you are one of the lucky Chicagoans who already has access to the Marquee Network, then you already have access to some incredible Cubs content. I've been watching the Sandberg game. I watched the Tuffy Rhodes game. It's been great. And we're super excited because today we get to bring you an interview with a special guest from Marquee Sports Network. Cole Wright is the studio host for the Chicago Cubs there. And if you've been watching in the last week, you've already gotten to see him in the booth with Len Casper back when we were playing baseball. Cole, we are thrilled you took some time to join us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled you guys had me on. I appreciate the time. Andy, kick it off. I was going to say, typically we start off with your um, your best baseball or your favorite baseball memory or, or something that sticks out to you about baseball and where your love of baseball came from. But I know, um, and I don't know that our listeners know this about you, but you came from NFL Network. So you have a good f- football background. And today, I know this is not a football podcast, but we're, we're going to get to know Cole a little bit. Today, a ton has been happening with football. So I need to know, like, are you kind of wishing that you were covering football right now? Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, wish that I was covering it still. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's obviously crazy. Things are flying, you know, free agency frenzy is the show that, you know, that's normally done on, on NFL Network. And I know those guys are working hard over there, but, you know, it's, it, it is crazy. I mean, to think that, you know, Tom Brady, once all the dust settles, will no longer be a New England Patriot if all goes according to his plan. And that Phillip Rivers is, is now a member of the Colts. And, and Deshaun Watson didn't find out about DeAndre Hopkins getting traded for David Johnson until after his workout. Like, there was no consultation. I mean, I, oh my goodness. it's wow. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay, so so on that note, then we should probably talk about baseball. So I want to know, um, as far as you're concerned, where your love of baseball comes from. What was one of your favorite baseball memories or a good baseball story that you have? I mean, I don't necessarily have you know a, a one specific favorite baseball memory because I feel like you know growing up, you know, being a, a guy that played baseball, you know, through high school and college and a little bit after, I feel like there's you know there's just pl- plenty of, of memories in general. But I, I mean. I do remember that the first movie that I saw in the theater was The Natural. So I remember, you know, as, as a kid coming home from seeing that movie, and you know, most kids, you know, aren't going to sit through The Natural and be and, <laughs> and and be entertained. It's not it's not really a kid's movie, but you know, especially as, as I watch it as an adult. But you know, I, that was that was the first movie I remember being in the theater for and watching The Natural. So maybe that's that's where it all comes from. I was going to say, I can still feel the goosebumps from when he hit that home run at the end and hits the light and like, you know, oh, all the, the, yeah, the, the, the fireworks are kind of falling onto the field. Like I still get the chills from that. That's, that's a great movie. No doubt. And to, uh, Wilford Brimley, I mean, when he wasn't managing the New York Knights, he was selling oatmeal and, and, uh, and medication for diabetes. So I mean, he's doing a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I can never watch that movie with the light 
uh, home run scene without thinking of the time Eli Jimenez did that when he was in the minor league for minor leagues for the Cubs. And I was just like, I cannot wait for Eli Jimenez to come up. And then he got traded to the South side. Oh, <laughs> God, heart, stop. please stop. My heart is like eternally yeah. broken over Eli Jimenez, but that's a, that's a <laughs> podcast for another day. Cool. As Andy mentioned, you were previously with NFL network. What made you want to switch to covering baseball? Was it something about the team, the sport, the opportunity, or just a really cool thing to do in Chicago? I think it was, you know, all, all of those involved. You know, it was the fact that it's the Cubs, the team I grew up cheering for, and, uh, you know, just the opportunity. The fact that, you know, no, no other team of the Cubs stature is ever going to start a network like this. You know, for the most part, everyone else, you know, they, they, have, they have those networks. They have those, 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 close, those close-knit uh, relationships with the teams, you know, the the Boston Red Sox, they have Nesson. The, the, the Dodgers, they have Sportsnet LA. The, the Yankees have the Yes Network, and now the Cubs have Marquee Sports Network. So I knew that this, this opportunity would never come around again. It's, 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 a great, it's a great opportunity and a chance for me to get back home. So that brings me to a question that I had, obviously looking at a little bit of where you come from, and you're from the Chicagoland area, correct? I think you went to high school Absolutely. in Aurora. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in my mind, in my hopeful mind, you are a Cubs. You were a Cubs fan growing up. So, <laughs> I'm like, says the woman tried. in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. That. That. We'll tell that story later. Um, yeah. But what? As a, growing up, you do. You did grow up a Cubs fan. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, grow up watching watching WGN and you know what, listening to Harry Carey call Cubs games and, and Steve Stone. Yeah, that was definitely something I remember as a kid. That that is amazing. I can't even imagine like what this opportunity was for you. Is this something that you would consider like a dream job to you, or I mean, on the way to being a dream job, or, or just an opportunity you absolutely could not pass up? I, all of the above. I mean, it, it is a dream job. You know, the fact that you know I remember going to Cubs games as a kid with, with my with my mom and dad, and you know, going to the All Star game at Wrigley Field. You know, back in 1990. So to be able to now, you know, essentially call Wrigley Field, you know, part part of the office. You know, that's that's. You know, our, our marquee network studios are right across the street from Wrigley Field. So essentially, you know, 1060 West Addison is going to be, you know, partly our office. You know, when we go to work every day, we're right in the shadows. So it is pretty cool. That just gave me chills. Like the idea of Wrigley Field as the office is so incredible. I live about flat five blocks away. So and I did not grow up here. I'm one of those Cubs fans that grew up watching the Cubs out there in the hinterlands. I grew up in Utah. And WGN was on my TV every day after school. But now just being in this neighborhood, I, I like just embrace that almost every day. And it's so cool to hear you talk about that as your office and as your career. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of it's surreal. It's kind of neat to think that, you know, I used to, uh, you know, I, I used to wait tables in Chicago after college. And, you know, my, my buddy that, you know, was one of my guys I worked with and he was also, you know, my, my, my manager. You know, he he now owns a, a a string of restaurants in Chicago. So to see, you know how how far things have come in such a you know, not necessarily a short time, but you know not the, the the biggest time frame. It's it's pretty neat to reflect. So you waited tables in Chicago. You must uh, was that like in the area around Wrigleyville or somewhere else? No, I waited tables at Bandera, right on Michigan Avenue. Oh, okay, cool. So you have yeah, a lot still, of still ties. one of my favorite spots to this day. Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of ties. This will be like a huge homecoming for you. Absolutely. And my, my buddy and I, we actually went, went, we actually went to eat there the other day and, you know, just to be able to go back there and, and you know, same guys are, are running, running the kitchen that, that worked there when I was there. And that was, you know, 17 years ago. So it's, there's, it's a testament to, to the quality and the, you know, the, the just the, the, the backbone of the, the people that work there. It's, it's a great place. You know, I was, I was, 
you know, fortunate to be able to work there for you know a little bit less than a year, and it was. It, I feel like it shaped things how you know how I'm able to do my job. You know, if, when you do interviews, I feel like it's almost like waiting tables. If, if the if the table doesn't want to talk too much, then you know exactly how to how to handle that. If, if not, if they want to you want to talk a lot, or it's just it, it gives you a good way to gauge people. I love that. And by the way, shout out to every person waiting tables and doing kitchen work in the city of Chicago right now. I know it's a really trying time with all of the coronavirus stuff going on. And we are thinking of you and hope and pray that everything is for the best as we're all sort of hunkered down here um, during the suspension, which actually leads me to my next question. I mean, I imagine that launching a network is a huge undertaking during regular times, but the temporary suspension of all sports and all recreation is such a huge story. Can you take us behind the scenes a little bit on what the cancellation of spring training was like and how you're preparing for the season without knowing when it's going to start? I mean, for me, the preparation is a little bit different because, you know, I'm, I'm coming from Los Angeles. So you know, I'm still in Los Angeles just waiting for, you know, the, the all call to get rolling. So, I mean, we, we, at least myself, I know just about as much as you guys do. So when everything starts back up, that's pretty much when we start back up too. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking forward for everything that, you know, to, to get back in, in effect and just to be able to get back to doing what I love to do. So, okay, cool. So 2020 is obviously we're only like three months into this year and it's turning out to be a crazy year. And people are going to talk about this year for a long, long time for a lot of different reasons. But talking more about the Chicago Cubs team that we hopefully will get to see at some point in the near future we can only assume now that major league baseball is just going to shorten the season and play, you know, hopefully 80 games. I mean, fingers crossed. What, how do you see that being a pro or con for this Chicago Cubs team and for the fan base? Well, I mean, it, it just depends on how, how many games we actually see. I mean, maybe we'll see, you know, some more double headers. I mean, that, that would be kind of fun, you know, just, uh, you know, maybe not even in the, the, the day night, you just see one just go straight in one, one game right into the next and fans get to, you know, get to go take in two games if they want to. And, um, you know, I just think that as, as far as the, the shortened schedule, I think it means that, you know, the teams that, that start the fastest and are able to keep the pedal of the metal, that they'll be the ones that are able to, you know, really capitalize on the opportunity. I mean, I'm not, not necessarily that having a shortened season is an opportunity, but if you're able to, you know, to get after, you know, sooner than later, I think that would be in the best interest of, of teams that know that they can really jump on you quick. And I think that the Cubs – they probably fall into that category. I mean, when you have Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo going one-two, I mean that could be a problem. I, mean, I know a lot of starting pitching staffs are looking at that, like you know, how how do we tackle this team? Because even after one-two, you, you know, you get you get into the weeds. There, there, there's, there's some big bats in that lineup. So you know, we'll just, we'll just see once the schedule does roll around. If it's 80 games, if it's 60 games, if it's 100 games, you know, it, it's all dependent upon you know, what, what Commissioner Manfred and, and the league decides upon. Yeah, if and the I, Cubs had gone uh, 81 games last year, things would have worked out a lot differently. They were looking hot, <laughs> like the middle of May, and then things got a little bit rough there. But I, I think you're right about how the schedule will work out. I love the idea of some of those old school, like one ticket double headers. I don't know. Uh, Andy, what do you think about that? No, I was just going to say, I think um, that if it's a shortened season, even 80, 60, 100 games, something like that, um, that we're able to get in, I think that bodes well for this Cubs team. Because if you think about it, like Cole said, that one, two punch that we have in this lineup, you know, it's going to take teams a, a little while to adjust to that and, and, and make their adjustments. And typically you have an entire season to do that, especially when you're looking at division play, you, you see 
you know, your division foes quite a few times. And if the season is shortened, obviously those opportunities are going to be taken away to see them so many times and get in all the games that they normally would do. So I think that might actually play well into the hands of the Cubs. And I love the idea of doing a one ticket doubleheader. I think that is fantastic. And I think that's a great way that sports can kind of um, bring some joy back into people and, and, and really like, you know, make us forget of what we're, what we're experiencing right now, because Lord knows this is, this is crazy. And this is something people are not going to forget anytime soon. Yeah. Along those lines. I mean, one thing that jumped out to me in that exchange is really how adaptable these players are going to be. I mean, I know speaking only for myself, I'm a creature of routine. I'm a creature of habit. I go about my day and I get my coffee at the same place. I do my run on the same route. I'm curious what you saw in the short time that you were with this team in spring training. How do you think this Cubs team is going to look as they adapt? I mean, I, I just think it's still just go with the flow, just as, as everybody has to. I mean, it's it's not going to be anything that the other teams or other players don't have to deal with. So I, I think that, you know, every guy in the squad, you know, they, they knows they, they know what their what their job is and they know how to how to go about their business. And I just think that it'll be just just something else that, that they just check off the list, just like, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the, the next installment of shortened spring training or, you know, whether it's just, you know, got guys on the team just getting getting used to just being in, in a different environment because things will be different. Like we said, the, the schedule will be shortened and things things will be a little out of, out of the, the norm. So I just think it'll be just business as usual for most everybody on the team. That's great to hear. I am also just a little bit curious, you know, you were not in spring training for that long, but did you have a favorite moment so far in your time with the team down in Arizona? Uh, I, I think the, you know, the time I got to spend with Kyle Schwarber, you know, uh, we you know oh, got nice. together. He had a morning workout. He and uh, Anthony Rizzo, they, they got it in one morning in the gym. So it was, uh, you know, it was good to see those guys, you know, get, getting after it and, and getting ready for the season. And you know, just being able to talk with him candidly about, you know, what lies ahead for, you know, 2020. And, you know, that was before everything got shut down. So, I'm sure his his focus is still you know right around the same as it was you know just a few weeks ago, and I'm sure you know he and Anthony and and Chris Bryant everybody's going to be ready to go. So did they have make any indication the players when you spent time with them? I mean, I don't know how much you had contact with them after the announcement was made that the season would be suspended and spring training was canceled. But did they make any indication to you that they would continue training and they would be doing stuff on their own? No, I didn't have I didn't have any any contact with those guys after after the shutdown. You know, I'd already left spring training and I was already you know back in Chicago. And then at that point, you know, back to Los Angeles, getting ready to come to Chicago. I was I was all set to you know to get to Chicago on on Sunday night, just two days ago. And you know, everything obviously has been put on hold. So you know, I've got in my, my apartment that's just sitting there waiting for me to me to get to Chicago once everything is is all ready to roll. So you know, once like I said, once I get the all call, I'll be I'll be ready to go. So my my interaction with the guys has been has been zero. So, you know, I'm just I'm just ready for the season to get underway and for these guys to get back to doing what what they like to do as well. I was going to say, if anybody in this conversation needs to be anxious that gets to interact with players, it's definitely you. <laughs> like, if I yeah, am, yeah, if exactly. I might, if my next move is to go hang out with the Chicago Cubs and cover them playing baseball, yes, I completely understand why you are anxious to get to do that. For sure. Well, and totally with like all of the new stuff going on. I mean, the network is new. The team is new. The personnel are new. <laughs> We're just going to throw in, you know, the the biggest interruption in, the, in recent modern American history. It's fine. 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just think it'll show that this, the resiliency of you know, and not just not just the Cubs, but just of, of, of baseball in general. You know, and you know, I think every every professional sporting league. I mean, they're, they're going through it too. Whether it's the NBA, who was in the middle of their season, the NHL, or you know, the the NFL with the draft and everything getting delayed. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's just a just a, a, a it's it's a, another bump in the road, but I think it's it's a small bump that everyone's going to be able to get over ultimately. Right. And I think you said this, but I think it, it, it also is worth noting that it's something that everyone is going through. It's not like it's just the Chicago Cubs, like it's all of baseball is going through this. So it's not like, you know, it's an unfair advantage to anybody, to everybody. Rather, um, it's something definitely that they'll all have to kind of navigate through this this new situation that everyone's being put in. So it, it'll be quite interesting to see how everybody rebounds. Yeah, it's like cold weather when you know you have guys. You know, you, you play with different guys. You know, you hear other players, and when you when you cover teams that complain about cold weather, like, oh man, it's freezing out here, blah 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 blah. But guess what? The other team has to play in it too. So just make the best out of it and go get after it. I love that. A friend of mine used to be a cow, like literally a cowboy who would like do ranching and stuff. And he would talk about how whenever the people he was herding cows with would like complain about the rain just kind of shrug his shoulders and say, well, it's going to stop raining eventually. We'll be fine. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, and even like in, in my business, when you, you know, people are, you know, you have to work here or do this or do that. And it's like, well, I mean, there's people who work jobs who are, you know, are, are laying bricks or, you know, running a jackhammer or, you know, out working out in the cold. It's like, uh, there's, there's, there's a, there's a whole lot worse thing that, that could be done. So I, I try to never complain. Like I said, just go get after it. You know, the other team has to play in the cold weather too. I was going to say, I'm married to somebody that does that on a daily basis. So I always get to hear that, that, that side of the job. <laughs> exactly. You know, in my, my growing up and my dad sold insurance and he sold cars. And during the wintertime in Chicago, you know, that the, the salesman would, would get to, they have to get the snow off of the cars. So, I mean, I, he would always remind me of that, you know, and when I came back from school and I was I'm like, yeah, I think Devin, as I'm waiting to get a job, I think I'll sell cars. And he's like, well, where are you going to live? He's like, you're not going to not going to live in my house selling cars afterwards. And I think that was because, you know, he knew that, that w what he did wasn't what, you know, he wanted me to do. And he's like, you know, you spent all this time in school. He's like, you might as well go get after it. You don't want to be out in the cold weather. Spreading right. Snow. Yeah. So saying, that's so awesome. That's, that's one thing. And so I try to never complain about, you know, anything that, that, that it pertains to, you know, in my job or my career field, because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a small field and we're, and we're lucky. And we're blessed to be able to do what we do. For sure. I want to ask you one question before we have to head into a break, because this is something that this conversation, I think, has come up way more the past few days, just under the circumstances that we're all in right now. But I, well, you heard Sarah say, I live in St. Louis, so I don't actually have access to Marquee Network um, unless I'm streaming it through MLB TV, which obviously right now there's not a whole lot of that going on. So I'm like really digging through the archives of, you know, my Netflix and my my Amazon prime and all that good stuff to try and find good shows. But I'm curious, what are some of your go-tos? Now I know you're in LA, so you may not be watching a whole lot of TV right now. I'm sure the weather is beautiful, but what are some series or shows or like best all-time games that in your opinion, I should go back and watch? Um, well, I don't know if this, I feel like rewatching games is a little bit, it's, it's different. I mean, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a, a game rewatcher, even though I, I, I rewatch movies over and over and over. I, I so like you wouldn't watch Game looking, Seven again? <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've watched pieces of it, but I feel like it was such an emo emotional roller coaster. That I don't know if I want to do that to myself again, especially right. when you know the ending. <laughs> right, um, right. Even though you know the ending, yes. Yeah, I mean, my my wife and I just got finished watching the morning show. Oh, okay. So okay. That, that was that was a pretty solid. Uh, that was a, that was a pretty solid watch. 
Is that a series? That's a series, isn't it? Yeah, it's on Apple TV. It's with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm writing these down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. Good, yeah, I've, good. the morning show has been on my list. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. And I, I totally agree with this whole Game 7 thing. I can't watch that game with that Rajai Davis home run. It still feels like a knife to the heart, even though I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like my neighbors, when I used to live in... Uh, at, at, you know, at my spot in, in Los Angeles, I feel like my neighbors really thought I had a, a legitimate beef with some guy named Rajay Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I cussed that guy's name up and down a million times, and my neighbors were probably like, like what, what's going on next door? That's fantastic. That's if they weren't watching. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, and look, if he was a Cub tomorrow, we would all embrace him, and we'd be so happy he was here. But it sort of reminded me a little bit about the tweet that Jason Kipnis sent out earlier this week where he was just like, I understand that we need to pause the season and put a hold on everything because we need people to be healthy and it's safe for fans, but I've never wanted anything more in my life than to put on a Cubs uniform at Wrigley Field. And I just, I loved him so much at that moment. I cannot wait to be there, hopefully, for Kipnis' debut at Wrigley. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him in, in, in spring training, like just seeing him with that with that Cubs jersey. And we were there the, the first day he, he got his uniform. And he, you know, he kind of sat down and was getting ready to do an interview with Taylor McGregor inside of the, you know, the green screen uh, booth. And I was like, hey, how's it feel to put that uniform on? He's like, man, it's pretty crazy. You know, so you know, to, to sit there and, and see that that's delayed for him, you know, I know that's a big moment that, that you know, he's, he's ready, ready to tackle because I, I'm just the, 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 the re-energization that he's going to get you know, from being in, in a Cubs uniform and be able to kick that, you know, that, that second chapter of his career into high gear. I, I know he's ready. I know he's ready to play for those Cubs fans. That's awesome. Uh, as Andy indicated a second ago, we are well overdue for a break. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we have more news about baseball and more conversations with Cole Wright. And we're back. Um, so I want to talk about some base, general baseball news for a second, specifically the timeline for the season starting or the lack thereof. I mean, this is obviously a fast moving situation We've gone from the season might reopen by like April 9th to no, no, it's definitely May to no, no, it's Memorial Day. I have friends who have tickets for the London series that was supposed to be between the Cubs and the Cardinals in the middle of June. And most people are kind of operating under the assumption that that series is not going to happen. Andy and Cole, what are what are we thinking here about the series and when it opens? Uh, Cole, you go first. Well, I, I was thinking that, you know, if, if we were going, I know that, that those are not uh, games that will be on Marquee Network, but I was hoping that we'd be able to do some, some pre- and post-game shows from, uh, for, for, from across the pond. That would have been pretty cool. I've never been to England, so I thought that would have been something that, you know, would, would have been a, a neat opportunity. And I mean, whether or not it happens this year, I'm, I'm sure it's still going to happen in the future. But, you know, for everyone that already, you know, had their, their tickets and, and everything booked uh, in advance, you know, I feel sorry for them because that, that, that certainly was something I'm sure they had on their bucket list ready to cross off watching the baseball game in England. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I'm struggling because I had tickets to April 10th, which for my family of five, we got five tickets at Wrigley to watch the Cubs play the St. Louis Cardinals for less than $150. And that's amazing. Like that's unheard of. That's usually, that's, less than what we pay for two tickets for my husband and I to go. So I'm like super bummed that that's not going to happen, obviously. But I, I'm real anxious to to find out if they can start narrowing down a time frame. I'm thinking probably after Memorial Day is probably the safest bet. 
in my mind anyways. And uh, gosh, it just, it, I can't even wrap my brain around right now having that many weeks with beautiful weather and no baseball. Like it just, to me, it just seems so wrong and in such a waste. I mean, I understand obviously why this is all happening. And you, you guys have heard me say a few times that, you know, it, it makes sense and it's going to be for the good in the long run, but it's just, gosh, it's just, what is life in April and May without baseball? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it'll be very, uh, it'll be very memorable, especially, you know, you talked about that, like, you know, people are like, hey, remember back in 2020 when the when all the professional sporting leagues shut down and there, you know, you, you had to get carry out from everywhere, and it was, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's it's crazy just to think it's 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 definitely a, a different situation that we're facing. It totally is. I mean, I I don't know about you all. I grew up in a baseball family. My dad used to throw a wiffle ball around the living room until my mom made him move the game outside when my brother and I started hitting the ball a little too hard when we were like four and five. And he was the coach of the Little League team. And that was what I did. Like, I would go to those practices and do that. Every March, April, and May of my life, I think, has been just, has just revolved around baseball. And I, you know, the only time that baseball got interrupted in my life was the strike shortened season. Um, And that was heartbreaking to me. I thought that the world was going to end. But now it's every sport. And I just, it's so hard to wrap my mind around a Memorial Day that wouldn't have baseball games. I, that's just what you do on Memorial Day. It's like you you eat barbecue and you watch baseball. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah well, just, uh, ho- hopefully everything will be, you know, b- back and ready and all systems go for, for the 4th of July because, you know, the 4th of July with, with no baseball would be really crazy. You know, it, I, you know, everyone just, you know, just automatically assumes that it's going to be, be around that time of year, but it, you know, there's a real possibility that things could be, you know, on a, on a different trajectory and track. Uh, you know, when, when I think of Fourth of July in baseball, I just always think of the Sandlot when they're oh, yeah. their oh, one yeah. night game of the year. And yeah. you, know, you know, hopefully there's going to be a few night games you know, this Fourth of July. Oh, the Sandlot is another great baseball movie. I'm adding that to my list. Um, I just, the, I'm actually just playing that music in my head right now. The music that they that they play on that movie when they're they're riding their bikes up to the Sandlot on the Fourth of July part. I'm, that's yeah, playing Ray in my Charles, head right Ray now. Charles, uh, America the Beautiful, yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I love that. Yes, one of the one of the best baseball movies. Yeah, it's, no, speaking of not. baseball movies, one of the things I wrote about earlier this week that I was really excited about is that um, if you're a documentary type, which I kind of am, Ken Burns's baseball, which is like 24 plus hours of coverage of the history of the sport, is available to stream for free right now. They released that yesterday. And so if you go to pbs.org, uh, you can just watch the entire thing from start to finish if you haven't already. So highly recommend that to people as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've, I mean, I've seen that. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say almost double-digit times. <laughs> and for for him, you know, to, to open up the vault like that, I even got the, the, the hardback book, which <sighs> I don't even know if you could still find it. But it's a, hey, I've got that at my mom and dad's house. You know, it's it's – I don't know over 500 pages, but it's it's I mean it's unbelievable. Ken Burns, everything he touches turns to gold, and it's I mean from you know the the first the original you know release of the innings one through nine, and then the the, the addition of the tenth inning I think like back in 2009. It's uh it's it's probably the best documentary that ever was. I fundamentally agree. He released the the top of the tenth and the bottom of the tenth, and I remember at the time he said one of the things that would make him do an eleventh inning was the Cubs winning the World Series. And so I've been waiting <laughs> patiently. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I knew a guy that was, his voice was in the 10th inning 
And he was, when he found out, he was like, oh, well, that, that's neat. And I'm like, oh, you, you didn't watch the original one? And he's like, oh, no. And I was like, <sighs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he can watch it now. You should send him the link. He can stream it. It'll be great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm sure he probably still hasn't watched it, but that's here or there. It's not just the 4th of July and Memorial Day and the London series and all of the and opening day and all the things that we're talking about here. I mean, one of the things that I think we should also just be aware of, and I was super thrilled to hear what Major League Baseball did on this front today, but there are thousands of workers who this is their seasonal employment. This is what they do. Um, the person who brings you your beer at Wrigley and all of us know our beer guy and all of us have our places that we go. They're not going to be paid uh, for those jobs at this moment in time. And so I was really thrilled to hear that all of the major league clubs today announced that they're kicking in a million dollars to make sure those workers get compensated for that time off. Cause I was really worried about every person who sells peanuts and popcorn and, you know, the people, the ushers at Wrigley field who are the nicest people in the universe and like help you to your seat and tell you where your tickets are and got people unconfused with the whole aisle system that changed last year. So kudos to every team and to major league baseball there's probably more to be done there but i thought that was awesome yeah and to see everybody come together in this in this time i mean it's you know when people that have the extra means you know are able, able to help out some people that you know when that they know that you know their their work is not going to be as constant and as steady as it, as it once was i feel like that's you know, that's just a, a, a tremendous display of goodwill and I'm glad to see that for major league baseball and I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of it as you know the days and weeks and months unfold yeah, crises do tend to bring out the best of people, which is unfortunate, but it's it's nice to see. I think it brings us all together. Um, one other bit of baseball news that may may have flown under the radar a little bit, and so I wanted to bring it up here, particularly because, Cole, I know you mentioned that you played in college and a little bit after. Uh, there is a prohibition on exhibition and scouting activity right now. Ken Rosenthal tweeted that out a couple of days ago, and I am really intrigued with how teams and players and people who want to be future players in the major leagues are going to deal with this momentary pause of not being able to be seen by scouts and not gathering that data and information. And Cole, I didn't know if you had any thoughts or insight on that or what your general reaction was to the prohibition of exhibition and scouting activity. Uh, I mean, I feel like if, if you were in a position where you're going to get, you know, if you were getting scouted, and I feel like if you were on scouts radar, I feel like you're going to still be on the radar when, once everything gets, gets lifted up. I mean, like I said, you know, it's, it's like, you know, like, like resume tapes, you know, for broadcasters, which now, you know, you can just with a click of a link, you can send it out to a million different people within, you know, 15 seconds, just like that. You know, you can be scouted just like how, how guys, it's, it's a lot different than things were back in the day. I feel like if this were 25 years ago, it, you know, Sometimes things could fall by the wayside because you know a, a guy maybe won't be, be pitching anymore, or his, his, or his, you know, his his eligibility in college may have you know already been dr- dried up or whatever. But I think it's just different this day and age. I think there's there's always ways for guys to get seen. And I think everyone's going to be in the same position they were once everything started. Well, that's good to hear because I know that if you're somebody who's you know really counting was really counting on maybe the college World Series to set you apart from your peers, knowing that you would still have that opportunity or that there are people who have that data and that information is that's and, comforting. And I also think that everything that is happening with all these college uh, seasons getting effectively being canceled for the remainder. I think, I don't think you automatically are going to lose out on eligibility because if you look at, you know, baseball and softball, you know, they hadn't even gotten into their conference schedules yet. So 
I mean, did they did they really even play a season? Like right. if, you, if if you play if you play a season and and don't play any interconference games, did you really have a season? You know, I know I was taking my daughter to to watch all the UCLA softball games, and you know they just had a tournament, and it was like kind of like a round robin. You know, teams were still on their spring trips. You know, UCF was there. You know, Central Florida, um, University of Michigan was there. I mean, there was just a lot of teams from around the country, and they hadn't even gotten started with their their conference schedule yet. So, you know, I would hope that. The NCAA would, would let these kids, you know, be able to go back out there and play their their senior seasons, or you know, wouldn't a, a, allow a, a whole season of their eligibility be, be be taken up because of this? Because everyone's had to deal with it. If you're a senior guy that's or, or a senior girl, you know, that that's looking to play at, at another level past college, I, I think that, that that allows you to you know, just to even have an off season to mature a little bit. I know. You know, when I was, you know, went from 21 to 22, you know, I, I, I think I maybe have gained a mile an hour in my fastball. So maybe that's something that some of these guys will be able to see. They'll, they'll see an uptick in velocity or, you know, they'll be able to get a little bit more bat speed and they'll be able to play at the next level. So who knows? I hope some disappointed NCAA athletes are listening to this right now because that would cheer me up. If I was like entering my junior or senior year and I was feeling pretty bummed that all of it got canceled, that the idea that I could take advantage of it and mature and that the NCAA was not going to do something uh, draconian with eligibility would totally cheer me up. I also just kudos for uh, taking your daughter out to the UCLA softball games. That team is fire. They're so good. I followed them last year and I, I just fell in love. That team is incredible. Yeah. I mean, for for them to be right up the street and to be the number one team in the country and, you know, just to, to be, to be able to, to, to take my little one who's who's big into softball and, and to have her watch those girls and, and see how they get after it and you know how they operate and she you know she's got to meet some of the players and, and talk with them and you know they, they they just let her know how it's hard work and you know she that's what she said she wants to play there so I'm not if she wants to play there one day I mean I know she's she's still pretty young but if, if that's what she wants to do then you know might as well plant the seed early because that, that's 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 what she is you know it, that's something that she has set in her sights and then why not be able to foster that. So I actually played college softball and Lisa Fernandez was by far one of my absolute favorites. I followed her around the Midwest um, for a while when I was, I want to say I was a freshman in college. Um, They were doing a a tour around local universities and um, I was already here in St. Louis playing softball. So um, my team, a couple of us in the fall season, when we didn't have a ton of workouts going on, we followed her around the Midwest when she was playing. And and she was just, she was somebody that we kind of, I don't want to say we became friends with, but she definitely knew who we were because we, we, she saw us enough, but that is a team that was kind of like a dream team. Like any of us would have killed to go play there. I mean, they're just phenomenal. So what a program for your, your daughter to, to want to play for. I mean, it's still just phenomenal. And I believe she's still on the coaching staff, right? She the head coach now? Not the head coach, but I, I feel like since, you know, she has such elevated status, like she gets to come and go as she pleases. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, uh, I thought she was yeah. on the staff there, but yeah, she is, she is definitely an icon there. I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't named a field or something after her. <laughs> what, um, what position does your daughter play? I'm curious. Uh, she's a, she's a catcher, and then when she plays, we you know with yes. the, with the older girls that uh, she plays uh, second base and center field. I was the second baseman. That's awesome. Good for her. Sorry for <laughs> cheering in the background. I'm I'm a catcher fan. It's well established on this podcast. No, and that's that's her. If you ask her, that's her number one position. She's a catcher, so that's she's awesome. She likes getting dirty, and she likes uh she likes being being in the mix every single play. Absolutely, that is, that's amazing. Okay, so I I have to ask because um, she Taylor has been on on the show with us and we absolutely love Taylor. 
Um, we kind of feel like she was the missing, like Mo Larry Curly to us. Um, <laughs> how does, I mean, did, did you guys know each other before you are now working together? I mean, did you guys meet at like the convention or like, how, how did this all work out and, and how, how has it been working with her so far? Um, you know, I, I didn't, I did not know her. I, you know, I was, I was, you know, being, uh, working with the NFL and NFL network for the last you know, five years, you know, I, I, I didn't really, you know, catch any, any games on, from the Rockies broadcast side and, you know, working for the Dodgers the last two years, you know, when I was there, I was there, you know, in a, in a, in a parachute in capacity. So I, you know, I was there on a fill-in basis. So I, I did not know Taylor and, you know, I, I, I did meet her the week of Cubs convention, you know, we were able to go out to, out to dinner, we you know, with some of the, some of the people from Marquee and, you know, some of the, the Cubs executives. So it's, it's been great, you know, getting to know her and, and see how, how she, get, you know, gets after it when, when she's at the, at the ballpark. And, you know, it was that spring training for that, that, that week and, and change. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's going to be a, like I said, I'm just really excited about just the, just the season getting underway and, and, and actual games because, you know, that's, that's what I like to do. And, you know, that's what, that's what Taylor likes to do. And everybody that is involved with Marquee Sports Network, that's what, that's what they love to do as well. We are all incredibly excited for there to be baseball games back. Uh, Cole, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Cup of Cubby Blue today. Uh, we're really excited to introduce you to the Bleed Cubby Blue network and Cubs fans a little bit more. If people are looking to find you on social media, where can they find you on social media? Uh, just on Twitter at, at Cole Wright. That's pretty much it. That's awesome. uh, I don't, that's the only social media that I have. Yeah, everyone's like, you don't you don't have Instagram, you don't have Facebook. I'm like, no. It's, you know, it's just I just I, maybe maybe I'm, I'm showing my age there, but yeah, that's I just have that one. That's that, that's all that's all I have. So that, that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm mostly a tweeter too. Although Andy finally convinced me to sign up for a TikTok. That's a story for another day. I was going to say, hold on, Cole. You and I are the same age. You you can have more than Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't have TikTok. I don't think anyone wants to see me dancing. <laughs> Uh, this was outstanding. Cole, thank you so much for your time. Uh, if you're looking to find me or Andy or Cup of Cubby Blue on Twitter, we are at Cup of Cubby Blue. I am at BCB underscore Sarah. Andy is at BRYZ underscore Blue. We are both following and counting the days until there is baseball again. And we will be watching Marquee Network and Cole Wright to find out when that happens. Until then, see you later. Bye.